This is the Cato Daily Podcast for Wednesday, January 13th, 2021. I'm Caleb Brown. The president has been impeached again. This time it followed a spun-up mob that invaded the Capitol, killed several people during and after an inflammatory speech by the president. So how will the Senate consider evidence regarding the president's conduct? And if riling up supporters who then go and attack the legislative branch of the federal government won't get you fired and reprimanded for all time, what will? Cato's Gene Healy comments on today's historic vote. Kevin McCarthy, the House Minority Leader, it was revealed uh, this week, was in a in seclusion, um, pleading with uh, Jared Kushner in the White House to have some support, some uh, a rescue operation in the Capitol uh, in the violence of last week, uh, and then. Uh, a, a bit later, came out and said, "I support censure, but not impeachment." And well, well he he didn't want to get reckless, uh, you know. Uh, yeah, he was uh, in a secure location after fleeing the Capitol, uh, and after uh, pleading with with Jared to use his influence, didn't do the trick. Uh, apparently, he decided he had to do as many TV hits as he could. Because this was the only way to talk directly to President Trump, you know, through the TV screen and let him know how dire the situation was and to get him to make a public statement calling off the rabid mob. You know, this was a vote of 232 to 197. Uh, Ten Republicans voted to impeach the president. Boy, it just seems that uh, we're in kind of a bad state if 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 this kind of activity is uh, viewed as not that serious or not worth pursuing this late in a term. Yeah, uh, ten Republican votes is not nothing. It's but it's not too impressive. Uh, you know, like Kevin McCarthy. Uh, Many of these people were under siege, personally at risk of of, of something happening if uh, the chamber was breached. Um, and uh, you'd be excused. You could be excused as a human being for probably even be healthy to take that sort of thing personally. And if you don't, if you're if you're not going to take it personally, that uh, the president has riled up a mob. Uh, to storm the Capitol, um, you might, as a member of Congress, uh, take a public-spirited view that something like this can't be tolerated, that uh, you know, th- the president cannot spin up an angry crowd that then goes and sacks the Capitol. You t- cannot do that with the intention, the express intention of uh, Intimidating, you know. I, I doubt he wanted it to go as far as it did, but uh, his intention was to intimidate uh, members of Congress and his own vice president while they were in the middle of counting electoral votes, in order uh, intimidate them in order uh, to to get them to to reverse the results of an election that he lost. If that's not an impeachable offense. Uh, I don't know why perjury in a civil suit 
is an impeachable offense. When the Senate will take this up, and uh, it's not exactly clear when, but it seems likely that uh, the whatever vote on removal would occur after uh, Donald Trump's term is up. When the Senate considers evidence for whether or not this president committed incitement to riot, would they consider the timeline of the day? That is, uh, the fact that this this event was called Stop the Steal. It was a, it was a part of lots of other events that occurred with the uh, with the express approval of the president. These were events that took place all around the country. Uh, the president spoke. Uh, or at least arranged to speak uh, precisely before the time at which the the Senate was be- to begin the process of certifying votes from uh, states and uh, had tweeted out earlier in the morning things that are just not true about the role of the vice president, that the vice president has this power uh, that he did not have and in fact said he did not have uh, to uh, uh, to not accept votes of states is is that going to be a part of this because it's not a criminal trial it's kind of a reverse job interview um it uh it seems to me that 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 would all be fair game if you're trying to uh take a slightly broader than criminal statute view of what constitutes incitement sure i mean i the you know the criminal law and uh, you know, criminal incitement, but the criminal law and the impeachment process are very different. They serve different purposes, uh, and they have different consequences. Uh, the uh, in a the consequences of uh, conviction in a criminal trial are, you know, is loss of liberty. Uh, and uh, at the end of the day, an impeachment trial. Uh, penalties are limited to removal from office, which won't be an issue uh, if, if the, as looks almost certain, you know, this this is trial is not going to be spun up before Joe Biden's inauguration. Uh, and the other penalty is uh, disqualification. So, at the most, the you know, an impeachment, the results of an impeachment trial, uh, you know, put somebody out of a job and maybe uh, prevent him from. Uh, getting a, a, a another job in the future. Uh, it's not a uh, to use the phrase. It's not a lock him up uh, sort of situation. And uh, it, for that reason, in part, it's meant to be a a very flexible remedy that uh, is directed at all manner of public misconduct by officials in high office. And like Hamilton said. Uh, that sort of proceeding can't be tied down by the the strict rules that you need in a criminal process. You don't, uh, you know, where if the charge was uh, incitement to riot, uh, you know, and we're talking about a criminal trial, you need to to prove all elements of a statutory uh, offense. Uh, You would need, since uh, we're talking about a speech act, you would need to meet the uh, Supreme Court's Brandenburg test for the First Amendment uh, and show that the uh, speech in question was uh, was intended to cause a lawless action and uh, likely to get that result. 
that's not necessary uh, in an impeachment proceeding. I mean, I think uh, those who, who who want the president to, to skate will uh, inevitably try to push it in that direction. But that's a complete misconception of how this works. Um, the, uh, the, the You do not have uh, the exacting nature and the high bar that uh, we ought to impose in, in criminal trials, uh, given what's at stake. What's at stake here uh, for the impeachment target is less in terms of punishment, but what's at stake for the country uh, is uh, far greater. One of the things that in watching the debate unfold today, one of the things that Republicans seem to rely on was this notion uh, that it's not worth pursuing in uh, the final week of a president's term. And correct me if I'm wrong, but it seems like impeachment is something you do for something someone has done. Yeah, but it also has a forward-looking aspect to it. Uh, there's a sense in which it's done for posterity. It's not only uh, a condemnation of the, uh, the the person that's targeted in the impeachment. Uh, it's something that's used to send a signal to, in this case, future presidents about what sort of behavior is considered beyond the pale. And there's always a debate in Whenever impeachment of a president becomes a live issue, uh, there's always debate over congressional censure, you know, sense of the House or a sense of both houses resolution uh, that uh, says, hey, the president did something bad. That's always offered by the, the particular president's defenders as a way of avoiding the historical penalty of being impeached by the House. It was Offered in, in this case, uh, you know, uh, Congressman McCarthy came out in favor or at least said he would consider it. Uh, there was a censure resolution uh, introduced uh, and circulated yesterday by six Republicans. Uh, it's always a cop out and uh, it's never offered in entirely good faith that this would be. Uh, that this will really leave a mark on the president. It, you can figure that out pretty easily. You, uh, uh, I think most politically aware Americans can name uh, the three presidents that were impeached by the House. Uh, Andrew Johnson, uh, Bill Clinton, and Donald Trump, now twice. Um, so, uh, But almost nobody can name uh, more than one president that was uh, reprimanded uh, in this fashion by uh, by one House of Congress. Uh, maybe if you're a history buff, you might come up with uh, Andrew Jackson. Uh, he got censured by the Senate in 1834 over the bank war. And uh, the, the reason most people remember is remember it is because he got so mad he had uh, his allies in the Senate after an intervening election expunge it from the Senate record, which ironically made everyone Remember it. Nobody can remember a single other president that uh, has been uh, subject to congressional censure. It's a complete, completely worthless remedy. It's like Congress declaring it National Nurses Week. Um, but impeachment by the House, regardless of what happens in the Senate, uh, leaves a mark. Uh, it's something that uh, uh, the Republican pundit uh, 
you, you it was uh, complaining about the drive to impeachment the other day. And in the process of complaining about it, he's at the same time arguing that, well, this is pointless because uh, the, the Senate will, you know, will, we won't have a Senate trial. The Senate will never vote to convict. Uh, so it's just a performative gesture. You know, it's like an interpretive dance that, that, that Congress is, is doing or something. Um, and at the same time, he's complaining that about the viciousness, the cruelty of forcing Donald Trump to wear, be the only president in history to wear a second scarlet eye. And, you know, inadvertently, he sort of, that's sort of a tell. Uh, this is a big deal. Uh, it will be a big deal. It's central to the Johnson and Clinton and now the Trump legacies. And so particularly, uh, that's doubly so now that he has uh, uh, made history by being the only uh, president subject to this formal humiliation twice. Mitch McConnell, it is said, has sort of welcomed this impeachment as if perhaps uh, it would allow the GOP to fully expel Donald Trump from the Republican Party. Yeah, I saw those reports. Uh, you know, McConnell uh, is a pretty interesting character. And I think of probably of all the uh, top congressional Republicans, uh, you know, there's, there's certainly much I disagree with and uh, Rue about uh, some of the things he's done as majority leader. But I think of all the top congressional Republicans, uh, he comes out uh, of, uh, of this having used Trump, uh, you know, really treated him transactionally as Trump, Trump treats other people. Uh, he never really came off as obsequious uh, towards, uh, towards Trump. Um, got just about everything he wanted except the continuing Senate majority uh, out of Trump, sort of wrung him dry, and uh, now is going to possibly throw him over. Um, now, in contrast, you have uh, folks like uh, uh, Ted Cruz, uh, you know, you can call my wife ugly and uh, say that my dad killed JFK, but that's water under the bridge. You have Mike Pence, who, uh, you know, was actually at, he had his, uh, he had his family with him uh, on January 6th, when this mob inspired by Donald Trump uh, storms into the Capitol, uh, some of them shouting, hang Mike Pence. Um, by Monday, he, he spends a couple days mad. By Monday, he, he, he's back breaking bread with the president. We have to work together. I'm not even going to file an HR complaint, let on, uh, let alone, uh, you know, uh, trigger the, the 25th Amendment and have you removed. Um, it, it's really quite remarkable uh, that, that, and of course, Kevin McCarthy, who we, we, we mentioned earlier, um, it's really quite remarkable. And you, you, you wonder... You know, there's a, the famous or uh, infamous uh, statement that Trump made that uh, he could shoot somebody in the middle of Fifth Avenue and he wouldn't lose any votes. Uh, well, uh, we've sort of proven that he'd lose. <laughs> this was about as close as you'd want to come to testing that proposition in, in real life. Um, 
and he lost, uh, well, 10 Republican votes in the House. Um, that's, uh, that's really pretty surprising and uh, in some ways a, a bit disturbing. What about this notion uh, that was has been floated out that, uh, and I believe it was Kevin McCarthy who who said this, which is basically, please do not disparage your fellow Republicans who vote for the impeachment of the president because you may endanger their lives, and that it and uh, the uh, other comment I heard from reporters quoting members saying that the, some Republicans are in fact in fear of their lives and the lives of their family members if they vote to impeach the president. Yeah, you've heard that from some uh, Republican members of the House as well, uh, uh, including the uh, the fellow, I, I forget his name right now, but who is uh, going to be replacing Justin Amash. Do I have that right? Um, yeah. 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 Uh, yes. Uh, I think there's, I, I would have thought that that was hysterical hyperbole. Uh, you know, a week and a half ago. And uh, now it, it it seems perfectly plausible. Uh, and that's just a, a an appalling place to find ourselves. Gene Healy is author of The Cult of the Presidency and the recent Cato paper, Indispensable Remedy, about Congress's power of impeachment and removal. Subscribe to the Cato Daily Podcast anywhere you please and follow us on Twitter at Cato Podcast. 